Welcome, this is Dirt to Dollars, hosted by your local county extension agents, where we talk everything agriculture. Well, welcome back to Dirt to Dollars. We are in the week of May the 11th. We are just off of Mother's Day weekend. So happy Mother's Day out there to all of you mothers and mothers-to-be and mothers who, you know, mother people that aren't yours. So I've got all of those in my family. But we are here today again with uh, Daniel Carpenter, LaRue County Ag Agent, and Matt Adams here in Hardin County. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Morning. Whitney, did you have a good Mother's Day? I did. It was very relaxed. We didn't do a whole lot, but I did visit my mama and my daddy fixed us dinner and he uh, smoked a brisket and it was delicious. I brought leftovers for lunch today, so I'm, they may not make it to lunch, but it was a good day. Good. Did your alls, did your wives and did they have a good Mother's Day? Please tell me you treated them. I, I did, but <laughs> now she did have to change one dirty diaper. Oh. <laughs> she just had to. I couldn't help. But everything else, I think that was all she had to do. Good. I helped with the dishes some yesterday. Hey, I don't I didn't help the I did the dishes. I didn't help with the dishes. I did them. <laughs> she had already started and I told her to go on and I'd finish them. Well, that's well, nice. So and I then, did I also did a couple loads of laundry. I did. Hey. I, I, did I did that too. I did that too. <clears throat> she uh then she ended up helping me tear out fence yesterday morning and ended up coming out and holding a flashlight for me while I was working on a tractor at 10 o'clock last night. So yeah, well, I <laughs> will say out to the farm moms. Yes, that's right. In fact, I've, I think it's funny. I, those little things like getting the dishes done and not having to reprimand my kids and, you know, knowing that I don't really have to kind of have a, a quote unquote day off. That's, that's the things that make me happy on those days. So, and just being able to be around them. Cause like I said, I'm thankful I've got kids and, and cause I know there are those out there that may not be able to. So I'm thankful for that. Well, it's a little different too. I mean, you, you say you just want to be around them, but you've been around them all day, every day for <laughs> solid for the last month. Um, yeah. sometimes it's almost, even though it's mother's day, you may not like, want to be I'm gonna go, <laughs> go hide in the closet for yeah. a minute, eat my Snickers bar and go on. <laughs> Our year and a half old started, uh, cutting four molars over the weekend. So she was not exactly oh. a pleasure to be around most yeah. of the weekend. But. <laughs> I remember those days, so I can understand, but like you said, farm moms and those moms probably don't get much of a day off for our nurse moms too. Cause I know there are some of those in the health field and right now they're probably aren't getting the the much needed time off that they need so shout out to everybody um we appreciate you so not only mother's day but we also dealt with something else over the weekend right yeah yeah big freeze got a little chilly Mm -hmm. so how how cold did it get um in our counties have you all looked at any of that on your mesonet data Hardin County Mesonet was under 30 for a little over four hours. I think yeah, the coldest was 28 and a half, maybe. Yeah, yeah that's gr- exactly about the same as we had in LaRue County, too. Yeah, and Grayson uh, Now, Grayson County. beat us out a little bit. They were five hours. Yeah, we were five hours, and I think we I think we were still around 28, but we were a little longer than you guys, so... And see, I kind of watch Hart Counties, too, because where I live, I'm a little mm-hmm. closer to the Hart County site than I am Hardin. Yeah. And uh, they really, I think 29 and a half or 30 was about as cold as it got. Mm -hmm. I don't think it got as cold in Breckenridge County got cold. Of course, I live in Breckenridge County, but on the line here and, and 
their data didn't show up. They said zero hours at under 30, but I know we got under 30. I think at home we were right at 29. It was one of those. I don't know if there was some data error. But well, I know they about, got colder than that. About 30.5 was as cold as I, as I saw. And we had mm-hmm. a frost, but it wasn't a, like a, looked like snow on the ground frost. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't a hard frost. And then uh, soil temperatures were 49. Yeah. Which will get under 50. That's kind of getting kind of chilly. Uh, but I think as sunny as it got, it's things have warmed back up pretty quick. I don't think they, I know it's slower to change, but it, it shouldn't have been below 50 for too long. I wouldn't think. Mm-mm. Right. Well, and and the big question is, is how many acres were planted, you know, on the ag side. And obviously there's a whole gardening aspect to that too, but you know, how many acres were planted because we were all gung ho in April, we were getting everything done. And then this happened. So there's, we're already getting those questions of, well, are, are we dead? Is it dead? You know? And so one of those things is, what are we telling, you know, extension tells these guys, we're going to have to wait three or four days before we can kind of say yes or no on any of this. So, well, we kind of sound like a broken record from what we dealt with a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Just going to have to wait, you know, yeah, it might look bad right now, but you know, it's going to take three or four days of good growing Mm -hmm. weather, which it looks like we're going to have, Yes. Uh, you know, we're going to be in the eighties the rest of this week or towards the end of this week um, and into the weekend. So we'll really see things if they got, Mm-hmm. destroyed or if they're going to start to come back out of it. So yeah, it's like I said, I was telling Daniel earlier, Matt, that, you know, I have an uncle who is worried about his corn being dead and they're going to pl- plant tobacco at the end of this week. So <laughs> you've mm-hmm. got both ends of the spectrum in less than seven days. So we surely can't have three freezes in a spring. Uh, right? Oh, don't you wish <laughs> that on us now? Come on. And, and then another thing, a lot of these grain crops, you know, with the technology and the planters and everything we have now, if we do have to replant, it's not, you know, it's, it's not going to take very long to do that. Um, I think some of the biggest, the biggest losers from this are probably our fruit and vegetable producers. Yes. Cause you just can't, you can't replant your strawberries or your orchards. Um, those, those there's real risk that they have all that production may be lost. Right. And so when we go to, well, I know several producers in my county that raise strawberries. I mean, they're already ready and they're, that's, that's income loss for them. And if you've got an orchard, you know, obviously there's probably blooming going on in their, their fruit set. And so you've got the issue of, well, a consumer goes to buy peaches or apples later on. They're not there. So there'll be some education in that too, but you're, you're looking at some pretty significant income loss on that side if we're if we're being honest and don't discount how big this grain thing can be too quickly i mean yeah we've got a lot of big equipment and we can move fast but look at what the weather's been since the end of april Mm -hmm. and we've measured time that conditions were fit to plant and hours instead of days like we should be this time of year Mm -hmm. Uh, and it doesn't look real promising for the next week or 10 days either it's i don't Rainy. Have any of you guys had uh, had any of your producers throwing out the PP initials yet? <laughs> no. Not yet. Not yet. I'm uh, sure they will be. I've oh, had, yeah. I've had a few that are already yeah. kind of talking about it and throwing mm-hmm. out some prevent plant. I mean, it 
it, sure. it's a, we're getting into a possibility. It's the middle of May right now. Yeah, you've got uh, prevent plant, and then just the the guys that are you know they may not have taking out insurance or you, you're looking at, cause a lot of my guys, they are, they've got the insurance they're taken care of. They're going to be mm-hmm. able to replant. No problem. They're just missing out on their time. Yep. But you do have those that don't. And then, you know, then you're getting into those situations. Could be interesting. Back on some of this free stuff. It's, it is really interesting to see what gets damaged and what doesn't. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, you know, we're, we've said this before with the wheat crop, there's going to be fields that uh, get fried and there'll be a field right next to it that should have been and won't be fried. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Whitney was talking th- earlier today about how um, tomatoes, they didn't cover their tomatoes and they seem to be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I had any tomatoes out, which I don't put my tomatoes out till after May 11th. But, <laughs> Look um, at you following I, I extension, follow rules. extension rules. Um, <laughs> but I understand why people do because it's a kind of a risk reward type thing. Mm-hmm. You want tomatoes early, you got to plant them early. Yep. You know, if I would have had mine uncovered, I'm pretty confident they would have been toast. Sure. Because um, it got a pretty good layer of frost here at my place. So, I know, I noticed driving around some this weekend. I think every cattle lick tub, empty lick tub <laughs> in the state of Kentucky got drug out of the barns over the weekend. <laughs> I think, I think it, you're I think you're exactly right. If they had a five gallon bucket or a lick they tub, they had it. Covered stuff. <laughs> it. It was like little cities out mm-hmm. in these gardens. <laughs> but there's there's a lot of gardens out, and there it's is. Right. and and right. I've termed it the Corona Garden, That's right? Um, which sounds like a you know, like a party area at a festival <laughs> like the floor with, of Bama. With, yeah. with beer garden or something. But if, um, but no, there's been a lot of people putting out gardens and, and I know we've seen on our social media sites that anything we post about gardening or uh, with garden information or about the freeze damage to garden crops has really been viewed and shared and, and, and taken in by people. So mm-hmm. I think we have a, a lot of gardens out there and a lot of people probably doing it for the first time. Right. And see, that's the thing. I was looking at our Facebook pages. Some of the most liked, most viewed, most shared on our extension pages were the seed library, the garden topics that we put out there. And so it's like, what a what a year to to do this, you know, and how how we're this is a learning curve for a lot of these people anyway. And then here we go, have a freeze and then all their work. It's like, golly, is it all for naught? But Welcome to farming. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's it happens. Yeah. Um, can't pre- was it um, outcast? You can plan a pretty picnic, but you can't predict the weather. That's right. <laughs> there you go. That's yeah, right. That's your quote for the day. <laughs> well, you know that those got a lot of views, but the thing that got the most views on our page um, was about the murder hornet, <laughs> hornet, hornet, hornet. <laughs> dum dum dum. Run for your life! Yeah. It's picked up a little bit of traction this week, hadn't it? Yeah, but I also think, you know, it it got a lot of views on our page because people know that we're reporting facts. And I think the more you see of these uh, media produced hysteria, you know, giving it the name murder hornet and which it's Asian giant hornet uh, to be Mm -hmm. correct. And if, you know, that people are starting to look for reliable sources of information and we have that with the extension service. So -hmm. I think it just shows what people are gravitating towards now. Yeah, I actually think that social media has done a good part. And I think in what we as an extension service are offering throughout this time, you know, I know we are, we pride ourselves in, in service in, you know, being with people and working with the public, but when we're close to the public, this is the best way to get it out. And so I'm, I think ourselves and, and 
extension as a whole have really done a good job throughout this trying to make sure that what we are giving out is research-based and science-based so that the general public can rely on us. It's, we had, I think I want to say, I, I shared the same post that you did, but I'm trying to look at our insights and I've, you know, internet this morning. About 10,000 people. Mm, and that's just that out crazy. of one County. Yeah. But, you know, talking about getting the word out on social media, you know, as, as extension agents, we're used to having meetings and having people in and talk about things. I miss mm-hmm. people. Oh, I do too. I do too. That's been the hardest part about this whole thing besides being stuck at home and not being able to get out as much as, you know, I want to, I'm sort of a homebody anyway, but I tend, you know, when you tell me I can't go anywhere now that that gets to me. <laughs> so uh, n- not being able to be home or not be able to see people every day uh, that that has really, it's bothered me. So, so you, you don't really want to go see people. You just want to, you just want to have the option. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I will see people. Don't get me wrong. My, that's my job and I enjoy doing that. But if like, sh- you know, going out for groceries or going out to run an errand, that's the, you know, and you can't do it. That's, that's what's bothered me. So this week, a lot of things are reopening. You know, uh-huh. this is the, the grand reopening of, uh, of, of things. So, you know, what, um, we deal with the Kentucky Small Business Development Center, KSBDC, um, yes. and they do a few business, you know, if we have some business listeners, um, they do a weekly webinar on Wednesdays at noon. And I know one topic that they were going to talk about this week is um, how to safely reopen your business. Mm-hmm. And it got me thinking, let's say if everything opened tomorrow, what would be the first place you all would like to go? I mean, like, let's just say uh-huh. tomorrow they said everything's open. To get where, a where are you going? The baseball park. The baseball park. Get a haircut. Mm-hmm. I am going mm-hmm. to get and a haircut. My husband would be going. That'd be his first place. He's going to get a haircut. <laughs> and then we're going to the ballpark. I want to go have dinner at a packed Mexican restaurant. That oh, day. that sounds delicious. Yes. That's a good idea. That's and a good, we, you know, we've gotten one. some takeout from, to support mm-hmm. different uh, businesses, but it's just not the same. Not the same. salsa just don't taste the same when they rode in the car for 30 minutes. No. You're I don't exactly know what right. it is. And you can even get your you can get your margaritas to go, and still, it's just not the same. The Kentucky Small Business Development Center does have a lot of good information. So if you have mm-hmm. a small business and you're needing help trying to find, I think what is it the P, is it PPP, PPP loans? Yes, we've talked about PP earlier. Yeah, <laughs> <preventive> <laughs> plant, uh, but I think this is the triple P. Mm-hmm. Um, but if uh, but if you're you know, contact us at the extension office or, or if you know where your local uh, KSBDC center is, you can contact them directly, but we can mm-hmm. all get you to the, to the right place and they'll be able to help you. Right. Something else while we're talking about some of those loans. Uh, I know there was a little confusion there at one time about whether agriculture qualified for those PPP loans and some people ended up getting approved or whatever. Yes. Uh, there have been, uh, another loan program that's opened up just specifically for agriculture within the last week. And some of the commodity groups have went around, have kind of tried to get this out, but I don't think a lot of people know about it. Uh, They're through the SBA EIDL loans. Uh, They're basically Mm -hmm. a disaster loan. Uh, It's an online process. It takes, if you have your numbers from 2019, it takes about 30 minutes to fill the application out they'll actually send you what they call an advance up to $10,000, but it's basically a grant. It says on the webpage that uh, it's not to be repaid. Uh, and that, that shows up in your bank account 
within 24 hours of filling that application out. So that's something it's open specifically for agriculture right now. I'm not a hundred percent sure what the timeline is on that when that run, runs out. But right. And then I would say that's, at. that's not to be confused with the federal government loan or not the loan program, but that is through the cares act, I think is what it was called. Right. Is that, that's, that's different. The payments Right, right, yeah, right. Okay. It's different from that. Right. Yeah. This Which is we similar. still don't know. We still don't have a lot of information on that. Right. This is similar to the uh, to the PPP loans. So is anybody having any issues with grazing or is there any updates we need to talk about as far as, you know, I know a lot of people cut hay this week, cut wheat this weekend. Yeah, I saw some and saw even some grass hay and stuff that's been cut. It uh, It looks like to me, from what I've saw laying on the ground, yields are going to be extremely low <laughs> on some of this. It's already been cut. So. Yeah, uh, I was noticing the same thing. Well, I had I had a few. Maybe it's just LaRue County. It's just, I don't know. It's just <laughs> on another level. But I had a few that were bragging about how they thought it was going to be a really good um, yield. Now, I haven't heard the numbers confirmed, but they were really excited about it. And uh, some of that was mixed. They had some wheat with uh, uh, crimson clover and a few other things in there that, and it really looked nice and it was perfect right. timing and they got it up and, and wrapped. And um, I'm not necessarily talking about wheat in particular, but a lot of the, especially a lot of the grass A that's right. been cut. Well, and we talked about on, seemed like it was heading out. It's kind of short. Um, and, and I think you're even seeing that in a lot of your pasture fields, things yeah. are, are heading out. And, and grass is basically just sat at a standstill for the last two to three weeks mm, while it's yes. been so cool and wet and cloudy. So, yeah. yeah. If you needed the grass, that's not a good thing. But if you got a lot and you're, you always tend to struggle to, stay on top of it Hmm. um it may be in a maybe a little bit of a blessing to kind of slow that down some um i know i don't i'm no big meg bto big time operator or anything but uh (laughs) my my sheep have been they've been going at the grass pretty hard but i know once it starts to get stemmy they won't have nothing to do with it so it's kind of been nice to slow some of it down so what would you consider a bto in the sheep world I know you can uh, run like a you can run like a thousand ewes on five acres. So I mean, it, it, yeah, <laughs> I've got twenty mamas yeah. or had twenty. Now it's nineteen. One yeah. of them, one of them didn't make it. Didn't make it, huh? Well, I would say I don't know. You you take like for example, my aunt. She's got a little under a hundred, I think. So I would consider that probably big time. Just the amount of work it takes. Yeah. When you're busy, I mean, it's not that much work year round, but when it is a lot of work to be done, if if you have more, I'd say if you had more than 50, you're almost getting into that. In, right. in my situation, you, I'd be a big time operator because I don't have the facilities to handle that much. <laughs> yeah. But well, I, and then I, you, I have a guy that I, I know here that uh, at one time he had 200 U's and yeah. uh, he's actually a, a medical doctor as well. So I, I thought that was a, a pretty big number for somebody like that. Still working a, a pretty high stress job off the farm. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but like with anything, if you have the facilities, it's not that bad. Exactly. Right. You know, you can, you can work them, you can get them up. Golly, I've chased so many sheep. <laughs> I, I'm and right I there with said you. so many bad words mm-hmm. that I can't say on the radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> into that five Ooh. words that they that they won't allow us to say. Yeah, I yeah, think I, I said all of them one day. I, I'm sure I probably have at some point too. <laughs> and that's the thing is in any operation, it's your your facilities and how you can handle 
you know, working the animals. Cause you know, inevitably if you've got livestock, you're going to have to work them at some point. Your facilities are what is going to make or break you at some point. And I've never had great facilities. I've got all kinds of barns, but the facilities I, are usually makeshift or just whatever we can throw together. So, cause I'm, I'm the low maintenance. If you're, if you go through small ruminant profit school, you've got low maintenance, medium <laughs> maintenance and high maintenance. I am on the low maintenance uh, category. So it's, it's one of those things, but I've always heard too, if you're going to have five, you might as well have 50, you yeah. know? So it's, it's one of those things too. So it's, I think it's just all in the eye of the beholder, how much a big time operator is. That's that's kind of what I've always thought on the cattle side as well. If you're going to have 10 cows, you might as well. It, it doesn't take any longer to check 10 cows as it does 100. A lot of times yeah. it doesn't take any longer to feed 10 than it does 100. Mm-hmm. Times. So as long as they're all in one place or whatever. Now, if you have, have some drive time in different groups or whatever, that's, that's, yeah, a, little that's a little different. Well, and your how much pasture you have, that's the other thing right. too. So looking at those, which actually, you know, on a side note, you know, one of the things that our extension folks are doing, some of our fellow agents, I thought was a really cool program. I don't know. We may have even mentioned it last week, but the, I bought a farm now what? Cause I think that that's actually a really good small. In fact, I sent it to a new producer the other day of just, Hey, while you're sitting at home, watch this because I think it's a really good short, quick, hey, here are some tools you need to look at and some things you need to think about as far as getting started. And so one of those things is how much grass you've got, how, you know, what's your economic, economical budget look like and, you know, how much time do you have? So, Yeah, and it's by far the number one thing that we get as an extension agent <laughs> yeah. is, hey, I got 10, 20 acres. Mm-hmm. Um, what can I do with it? Mm-hmm. And yeah. if, especially if you're going into a beef operation, that's, that's a really good uh, mm-hmm. breakdown of what all needs to be done. Now there's still situations, you know, call us and we can, we can go over details, but that's, yeah. that's definitely um, the number one question we get. Yeah. I just thought it was kind of a neat short introduction type program, you know, that they could watch pretty quick and get a few things, a few ideas. So it was good. And buying a farm is a big thing. So, I mean, it's, it's scary. So I'm, you've got to use your resources and be, not be afraid to ask questions. And that, this all kind of brings up something that I've thought a lot about probably the last two or three years as we've had kind of an economic downturn in, on the ag side. Mm-hmm. It seems like all my life, can, have you all seen this? It seems like there's a stigma involved with how many acres you farm or how mm-hmm. many cows you have or how many sheep you have or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was joking with Daniel earlier about the, the BTO sheep thing, but uh yeah, that's something to just keep in mind. Daniel's 20 sheep to him are just as important as somebody down the road with 5,000 acres of grain. I that's mean, right. it's, it's all in, in what you're doing and what you can handle and what you enjoy. And I think especially a lot of young producers get caught up in, hey, this guy down here is farming 2,500 acres. If I'm not farming 2,500 acres, I'm not significant. And, and that's just and not that's, true. Yeah, it's not. And there there are a lot of economies of scale and you get, a lot of, uh, I mean, you can get some pricing breaks and stuff when you get bigger and you probably get a little more efficient, but I, I just think that especially since, you know, kind of the, the price rallies of what, 2011, 2012, it, it seems like a lot of people have gotten, gotten caught up in bigger is better and they have to be a certain size of, of farming operation. And, right. and a lot of them have been bit with it. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. 
there's there's some out there that aren't farming today because they got caught up in that that's just something to to keep in mind just Mm -hmm. just keep your goals i guess is what i'm trying to say and know what farm within your means yeah Yeah. and know what know what you can handle and still Mm -hmm. enjoy it and still take care of yourself Mm -hmm. and and make that work don't don't think you have to have a a certain amount of acres to make it work yeah that's my rant for the day well (laughs) there's people that have gardens that are big enough where I could almost consider them a farmer. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you got a you got a garden that's you know the size of your house uh, next next you know right outside your backyard, and that's a lot of work and a you know a lot of management. It's mm-hmm. not you know necessarily didn't necessarily cost them a lot of money to put out, but it produces a lot of food and it probably does so at a economic way, and you know or they wouldn't be doing it most of the time, or it's something mm-hmm. they like doing. So I mean it's. You know, I consider some of them farmers. I go by a garden every day that I don't know how the guy keeps up with it. And it's, but you know, he's not a quote unquote farmer, but spends a lot of time out there and he really keeps it nice and produces a lot of food for him and his neighbors. And you, you just explained my grandfather to a T. We lived in the <laughs> middle of town growing up and he had a two acre garden and he fed everybody in the area and had actually distributed some of his produce to a friend at a restaurant and, you know, would just give it to him because he just enjoyed it, you know, and or still does enjoy it. It's, it's obviously significantly smaller these days because he's a lot older, but yeah, that's exactly what he did. That's something with that generation that I I think we've lost or we're yeah. losing. Whitney, I can remember it was actually in Grayson County when I was a kid. I don't have a clue who the guy was. There was an older guy lived right on 224 outside mm-hmm. of Clarkson that always had a tobacco patch. He, mm-hmm. he never rotated the tobacco patches, always mm-hmm. in the same spot. <laughs> but it was right there next to the road. And, I mean, you'd see him out there chopping it all the time. It never had a weed growing in it. Mm-hmm. He mowed around it with his lawnmower. I mean, it was just picture perfect, probably an acre, acre and a half tobacco patch. Yep, and there's no and, telling what all he paid for Yeah, just with that acre of tobacco. Yeah, yeah. Yep. but, I mean, he took pride in it and, oh, yeah. and took care of it. And he didn't care that he wasn't the biggest farmer in the county. I mean, yeah. it was it was more of a pride thing to the job that he did than, yeah. than the, the numbers. And those things are, in, you know, I would much rather have somebody, and this is just my personal opinion. I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody that raises or grows or does anything, but uh, I would much rather see small acreage well taken care of than a lot of acreage half managed. But that's just, you know, but that that's the world we live in and that's okay. You know, it is what it is. We're going to help everybody. So, um, but that's just, you know, I, I see, I, I see that. And I think that that's a, you know, like you said, we got to keep up with the Joneses sometimes. And I don't know that that's necessarily the best thing well, in the world. And I just think that contributes to a lot of the mental health troubles mm-hmm. in agriculture. It's, yep. it's a big factor in it. Whew. Speaking of mental health, I'm glad we don't have a significant number of hog producers in our in our state. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I feel for those guys out west. So, so we don't we don't have a lot of producers, but do you think we still have? Do we have more hogs? Like, are there more hogs, just fewer people, or is it or is the total hogs down? I think, I think total uh, hog population is down. I mean, I think what producers. Well, I mean, you've got a big one there in your county, but you know they're they're bigger, and you got tosh down on the south end of the they've got a lot of they're in tennessee but you've got a lot of of their constituents what did you say, did you say Tenne- tennessee or? i know and i don't ever say that i usually am like tennessee i don't know where that came tennessee. from y'all. i apologize i don't know where that came from but <laughs> sounded like came from <laughs> <Grayson County. laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised. 
<laughs> I've been here long <laughs> enough. I've, I've conformed. Uh, no, I, th- there's a lot of their constituents. So they've got a lot of grower operators that are out in the Southern part of the state too. But I, you know, that's a good question. I'm on the board and I don't really know how many hogs we do have in the state. That's a good thing to look up. Uh, but, but yeah, there's, they're people, they're giving them away or they're not giving them yeah. away. They're, they're selling them, but it's, mm-hmm. uh, they're, it seems to be a common thing is to see a post talking about, Hey, we've got several hundred hogs that are ready to go. Mm-hmm. $75 piece. Come get them. Mm-hmm. But then you uh, get into the situation we talked about on the show <laughs> last week, where you want to get them processed. Where are you going mean, to get them? And are you going to process a 500 pound hog by the time you get it? You yeah. know, because they're not, I, I've raised them. They keep growing. <laughs> So, and they'll get out. Oh, and they will. <laughs> you don't have them up somewhere. And they'll break a fence quicker than, uh, well, just ask a hog farmer. That's all I have to say about that. So they will wreak havoc after they get a certain, well, they'll wreak havoc when they're little, but they, the bigger they get, the more they tear up. So it's, it's not, I, like I said, all ag, all ag sectors I feel sorry for right now. And I, I empathize, but you know, I just watching some of this stuff, I have a little special place in my heart for the hog producers. And I just it, I like it bacon. Of, yeah. I love bacon. But. Who doesn't like bacon? <laughs> so, but now what about cattle markets though? They were, didn't yeah. they have a better week last week? On a positive week? note. <laughs> Based on Kenny Burdine's email, he sent us at the end of last week, which obviously he was our first guest uh, host and, you know, was kind of singing the blues there, but we did have a little bit of a positive outcome last week based on the markets. He said they were stronger and it looks like he said May 8th, which was last Friday, cattle futures were up eight to $11 um, from where they ended the week before. So hopefully we're maybe on a little bit of an uptick since maybe our, our supply issue may not be as well. What I'm saying is, is they're sending all of the workers back to work. So Mm -hmm. And we're finally opening up our economy a little bit at a time. Well, so, and I think and cash fed cattle had some uh, had some big bids into last week as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I know there's some rumors going out that maybe uh, the DOJ investigation was getting a little close for some of them, and 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 it made them maybe go out and and pay a little more to try and take a little. But that's that's a significant issue. I mean, you're. Right. I mean, it is. It's something that a lot of beef producers are thinking about and are concerned about. I mean, I I don't raise beef personally. I mean, my family does, but that's that's something that you know. Where's the money going? So I don't I don't disagree with that, and I think that that's something that we'll need to continue to keep an eye on. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff you know, at play when you talk about what these prices are doing and, and mm-hmm. why they're doing what they're doing. We've we've talked about these uh, beef webinars that, that UK yes. has hosted, and uh, we'll give a little plug for the one on May 19th. Um, and it's actually going to be Dr. Kenny Burdine and Greg Renfro, both, both as we mentioned, past participants mm-hmm. in our radio show podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're doing a, a webinar on management considerations in the current market environment. And that'll be at 8 o'clock Eastern, what time central? Seven central. Seven central on yeah. Tuesday, May the 19th. And you'll have to contact us for access to those. Uh, so give us a call or email or send us a message. Um, send us a text, uh, however you want to do, but we can get you access to that webinar. And if you miss it, you can watch it after the fact. Yes. But they, those are two 
perfect people to talk about that topic. Um, mm-hmm. So if you've got some things that you need to do with your livestock to make some decisions on what's going to go on here in the next That'd few months. That'd be really good to watch. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that they're doing a really good job, this this beef group right now, trying to manage some of these educational programs in the environment that we're in. And this one couldn't come at a better time for what, what's going on. And, I, I, and Greg and Kenny both, I mean, they're top of the notch as far as the information. And I'm sure they're working together. That whole group works together constantly trying to do what they can to get the best information out to us as, as they can. So I really appreciate them doing that and continuing that. All right. So I am going to change topics for a second. What about y'all's County fairs? Have we had any, have you all decided on anything? Your counties canceled. It is canceled. Are you still doing the 4-H or the home goods and the, the, the fair part of it, not the rides, but the actual basically the lot or the fair board kind of gave us the go ahead that on livestock shows. Okay, uh, they'll pretty much let us have free reign of the of the fairgrounds whenever we want to schedule a date, mm-hmm. uh, and just have to. Apparently, I haven't seen them, but apparently there's a pretty strict list of guidelines that if a county fair does that does go ahead and have a fair this year that they have to follow and and i know our fair board that was one of the reasons why they went ahead and canceled mm-hmm. uh was it's basically impossible to be able to follow those guidelines and have a fair right uh, and and a lot of people don't have a clue the amount of money it takes to put one of those fairs on. it's expensive uh especially know, to get those rides in <laughs> and i know that was another uh Another reason for our fair board making the decision that they did was uh, they were afraid they were going to put all this money out there. And then with everything going on, nobody was going to show up mm-hmm. uh, and wouldn't have the the income coming in the gate to be able to pay the bills at the end of the day and end up in a, in a bad financial situation over it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think LaRue County has made an official determination yet. We're still looking. I think we're looking into ways to maybe do some kind of virtual thing where we can show you know produce we can Mm -hmm. we can maybe showcase a few things arts and crafts and those type of things Uh, but that's i don't think that's been determined yet uh grayson county hasn't made a determination either just because they they have a fair pretty late in the summer theirs is actually the end of august first part of september it's always that labor day weekend and actually this year it will probably fall at the same time as the last week of the state fair so you know if the state fair, which sounds like by all accounts so far, they're still planning on having one. Yeah, yeah. They have to do something yeah. by per KRS yeah. statutes. Now how that will look is yet to be right. determined, but I, I still think that there will be a state fair of some sort. So that will, you know, I, I believe we'll probably end up, I'd say they'll probably try to at least do something for their fair and who knows. By then, they've, they've still got a couple of months left, but I know Breckenridge County canceled there. They, they had actually moved theirs up to June instead of July mm-hmm. this year, and it actually hurt them. Uh, they, they went ahead and canceled there. So that's just kind of our general vicinity. Well, and I think kind of know that a lot of the fair's interest has dwindled in previous mm-hmm. years, but sometimes you take something away and people realize what they don't they have. Mm-hmm. And hopefully this could be something that really rejuvenates interest um, and they'll come out and support it next year. I got my eye on Meade counties. That's, that's the one that I, you know, that'll be the tell all I think yeah. as far as County fairs. Cause I don't, I don't, 
not to knock anybody else's, but if you've ever been to Mead County's Fair, they do it right. So that would be a, there's, I'm, I'm listening to see what all they decide to do. So what about, we're talking about doing things, not doing things on account of uh, pandemic. So what, what are our, what are our rules going forward? We've been talking to administration extension has about what we need to be thinking about doing going forward. What are our guidelines saying? We're going to have to wear masks. So y'all are not going to be able to see me smiling or frowning <laughs> if, you're, <laughs> if you're talking to me some in the office. Um, you stick your tongue out on them and they'll never know. That's true. I didn't think about that. <laughs> so speaking of that, I saw something on Twitter. I'm going to totally take a side note here. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> That's but, what we do. Uh, no, I, I saw a tweet that was, I thought it was perfect. It was the plus side of wearing masks is when you're, when you're out in public in your hometown and you have a mask on and you run into somebody that you, uh, that you knew went to high school with and you don't recognize them. Now you have an excuse. <laughs> That's right. It's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> that is. No, I think we will probably soft open from what I understand, I think we are still, we still can't, we still are recommended to work remotely for the foreseeable future, I think, but they are making plans as the state opens back up to kind of allow us to come back into the office and do some quote unquote, you know, programming, but it'll look different, I think. And I, I think once they allow 10 or less people in, we'll, we'll be able to do that. But like I said, I think it'll be slow and yeah, steady. I think it'll just be a backwards thing of kind of the way it started so yeah i'd see yeah. us having being able to have board meetings and mm-hmm. you know um, maybe some small I, i've been trying to find some ways to do some small group programs mm-hmm. and it's but even that's challenging because people are really going to want to come out and do stuff and yeah um, it's you can't really turn anybody away so so do you li- i mean do you just limit first 10 first come first serve you know sign up is that is that what we're uh, looking at? I mean, yeah, I, I don't it may either. have to be a yeah. um, certain number of seats. They were showing some pictures last week of how offices have, you go from a seating capacity of, you know, 50 to five mm-hmm. in, in that one room. Mm-hmm. And it's just. It's going to be difficult uh, to do, yeah. I think. So, I mean, so if you're listening and you're like, well, I mean, we're going to need to do some programming at some point. You just be patient with us because we're learning this too. You know, we, we would love nothing more than to get everybody back together and just have do it like we did. But that's just not the world we live in. And if you really want to, you know, do some programs, uh, give us a call and we, we've got a little time where we can get out on the farm with mm-hmm. you and, and see things. And if you want to research something, we can help set that up. And, um, you know, we've got, those kind of things that we can offer it may not be a educational program as normal, but it can be something educational that we're able to help help other farmers with. So definitely don't hesitate to call mm-hmm. if you have an idea, if there's something you want to look at on your farm. Do you foresee any slack because of the, re- I mean, I know our extension specialists are doing quite a bit of research, but I know it's put a little bit of a hindrance on some of these demo plots and some of the things that we do in our counties. I, I'm concerned that, you know, we're not being able to do as much as we would like to do typically because of this. So I'm hoping that when we come out of this, we'll be able to hit the ground running. <laughs> so you, you mentioned that we always have traditionally done a large county variety trial of corn mm-hmm. and soybeans here in Hardin County. Uh, and I kind of unofficially, I guess, made the decision a week or two ago to just not do that this year. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't see a way to, 
to be able to get it planted this spring. And yeah. and it was kind of twofold as well. I mean, I, you have a big field day with that too. And so right. you probably wouldn't be able to do that. And everything had been put on hold basically mm-hmm. and pushed later on in the spring anyway, just trying to figure out what was going on. And yeah. then, uh, you know, we got wet as well. Mm-hmm. So I have a hard time asking somebody right now and it's going to be a struggle to get the rest of the crop in the ground to slow down and play in a, a plot with 30 varieties in it yeah and and it was basically looking like it was going to have to be me myself and i planting yeah it. <laughs> and that goes pretty slow when you have one guy planting. yeah because if variety. you've ever done a plot for those listening if you've ever been involved in that that is not a that is not a just a normal day that's a that's tedious and slow at some and, point and i've always kind of prided myself on being able to make that go as fast as possible yeah we have a lot of really good seed reps and a lot of mm-hmm. that are willing to come out and help and yeah and if you can get six or eight people out there and three or four shop facts running and and uh, on these bigger planters you can knock a plot out pretty quick but oh, yeah. there was just no way that was going to happen this year right well, like I said, hopefully we'll be able to do a few different things. You know, some of our research and kind of field trials may change a little bit in how we do things or what we do. But. And we've still got a couple of different little demos going on mm-hmm. in the county that uh, still have some field work going on. But yeah, that's that's I, something that I think a lot of people are going to be looking for this fall. That's probably not going to be there. Right. So it it's there on the state level. I think it's just not as, it's just not maybe going to be there to the extent it normally is on the County level. So, but like I said, bear with us. So, all right. So I'm going to change topics just a second. What is, since we've kind of talked to doom and gloom a little bit here today, what is something I've been uh, on Twitter quite a bit lately? Have you all seen anything positive on Twitter or social media that you thought, you know, because it's always usually negative, but are you all seeing any positive? I always look for the uh, the negative that people make into a funny positive. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll let Whitney go first because she sounds like she's spent a she's lot of time something. on Twitter. Listen, I, I, do. Have I, have, I haven't spent as much time on Twitter as I normally do because I, I can fact last night. I was like, God, what, are, what am I going to talk about tomorrow? Because I haven't done anything this weekend. Um, the, I think that the new, the funnest thing I have watched on Twitter is I wait for Earl updates every day. Do you all know who I'm talking about? Is he in a Dixie Chick song? <laughs> no, no, we won't oh, see him anymore. Then. Earl is a donkey <laughs> that this guy on Twitter, he, I guess he owns him and he gets out and he has a ball that he plays with constantly. And he's just kind of like a big pet, but he's always doing some sort of shenanigan. And I, I, I look forward to those tweets every day. So, so I've got mine, uh, and this can be a different subject. Well, we talked about it a little bit last week, but I like to follow Faber. It's Dwayne Faber out of, I think he's in Washington. He's a dairy farmer out mm-hmm. there. And and he has a lot of good economic insight and just kind of ag issues inside me. He puts a lot of funny stuff up too. Yeah. Here's one he put up the other day. I don't care what the science says about grilling burgers. I feel cool when I flip burgers over the fire, so I'm going to flip them 87 times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, speaking from experience, you're supposed to leave it and let it sit, you know, <laughs> whoever, and, and you're right. I mean, I'm guilty myself. I want to, I'm going to sit there and do it. So your turn, Daniel. So I haven't found anything positive on Twitter, Aww. but I haven't been looking 
my wife started watching TikToks and then <laughs> got me started watching TikToks and we just sit there watching TikToks and laugh at them. So I haven't, I haven't been up on my Twitter stuff too much here lately, but there's some funny stuff on there. There's some bad stuff on there too. I wouldn't be letting any kids get on TikTok and watch stuff because I had to swipe past a few things that were not appropriate. But there's some really funny stuff on there. And I've got I've got a bunch of good one liners and dad jokes, you know, from there and I've stashed them away and I'm you know, I have to bring them out at the appropriate times. But it's it's pretty funny. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I guess that's, TikTok must be the big thing now. I was going to say, I hear all the young kids talk about it. I guess I'm finally old enough that that's one app that I don't have. I've got all the other ones at this point, but yeah, I don't, it's, I don't it's have lit, the... As the young it's say. lit. It's mm-hmm. lit. Maybe this is the old man coming out in me, but I I, I refuse to, to get on there because I'd heard originally it was a Chinese facial recognition app. Oh Lord! Well, that's kind of like the the faces. Remember, they would yeah. make you old. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. like, "You guys, yeah. they're getting all your facial, whatever data." Uh, I turn funny. more into a grumpy old man every day. I think. Hey, that's all right. <laughs> so, uh, Daniel, you quoted some song lyrics a while ago. Were you sure those lyrics were correct, or is that just how you've always sang them in your head? No, that was correct. Okay, okay. What do you have any any misheard song lyrics? We talked about this the hmm. other day. I do. So, like, mine aren't that bad. Like, I always thought dust on the bottle was dust on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it was yeah. dust on the bottom of the wine. And I was like, how did dust get on the bottom of the wine? Yeah. Well, but, like, it wouldn't be on the bottom if it was sitting night. on the, if it was sitting on the bottom. I don't know. It, it could be collected around the bottom. I guess so. We had, when I, well, which my kids recently the you know we've been listening to some joe diffie and prop me up beside the jukebox when i die well my daughter thinks it's juice box so any word any lyric that has jukebox in the song or whatever it it gets turned into juice box and so that's that's actually kind of funny um but then we had a i asked my husband last night because we've you know, about the same thing. And he asked, he said this, Aaron, there's an Aaron Tippin song that said something about it being a, having a puppet on a, or puppy on a puppet on a string, being a puppet on a string. He puppy said he used to always say it's a puppy on a string. Yeah. I've always sang it the same way. Well, so my wife, she had, uh, it's a, it was a Garth Brooks song, shameless. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and she thought forever when she was a kid that it was, I'm shaving. Oh. And it kind of makes like if you listen yeah. to it and you put the word in there, I was like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. But but who would write a song about shaving? <laughs> Garth Brooks, uh, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and he'd make millions on it. But I think it, the funny thing was she would sing it like that forever, and her parents never corrected her because I mean, like you just let them do it. I mean, I would let yeah. mine do it too. That's but funny. Yeah, she thought that was the words to that song forever. Kind of like me in the juice box. I'm gonna let her write it out. <laughs> so it'll be funny later on in life. That's right. So, all right. Well, do we have anything else to uh, any updates, information that we need to talk about for this week? I mean, it's not really an update, but just kind of for our listeners out there, we'd like to have some feedback. Uh, we kind of went back to the to the original format today with just the three of us and didn't uh, didn't bring in any special guests. Did, do you all like this? Do you like it when it's just the three of us? Would you rather have a guest on here every time or or uh, just as needed to, or to mix yeah. it up from time to time or and even on those guests would you do you want those to be extension specialists all the time or do you want us to go into other ag agencies and and bring some people in or some other people in the agriculture field and bring them in and get their viewpoints so just 
just let us know what you like, what you'd like to hear, if you've got any ideas in the future. Uh, and Whitney, you've probably got the contact information on how to get a hold of us yeah, and let us know let your us, thoughts. How can they let us yeah. know? So our Twitter feed is at Dirt211, and then the text machine is 502-286-3131. And both of those we all three have access to, so feel free to write us at we are always looking for ways to make this better and make it more appealing to you because once again, this is for you guys. So, and I'll, I'll also throw in there. I know it's been a rough week and everybody's kind of getting down about this quarantine stuff. It looks good that we're getting ready to open up and, um, yep. but there's, you know, there's seems like every day there's some, uh, you know, just kind of negative news. Um, but if you do feel yourselves getting down the dump, uh, and you know, maybe you're having some bad thoughts, uh, definitely call um, the National Suicide Hotline if you need to. Uh, we've shared the number on here in the past. And we're just going to do it again today. It's 1-800-273-TALK. And maybe it's not you. Maybe you know somebody that mm-hmm. um, is, you know, has been man- making some comments and you're not sure how to handle the situation. Um, give, them that, give them that contact information to that hotline and they can help talk them through any problems they may be having. Not a, don't be ashamed of that. Just if you need some help. There's people there for you. All right. Well, if that's all we got today, we're going to wrap it up and we will hopefully see you all next week. All right. (laughs) We'll see you all next week. Yep.